Today on the Nerd Outcast Podcast, we talk about Final Fantasy IX. I'm your host, Chris Fashion. Like I mentioned just a moment ago, we're going to talk about Final Fantasy IX, the final entry in the PlayStation trilogy, not the last Final Fantasy, because they always lie, and there's always a new one, but the final of the PlayStation trilogy. I have many experts uh, who have come to speak with authority about this topic. My first expert is here in the room with me. What's your name, sir? Hi, I'm John Luce. Welcome back, John. How are you doing? Oh, just peachy. Just peachy? How are you? I, I feel... You're, I feel you're like maybe a little VV today. I'm a little VV today. Are you a little I VV had today? my wisdom tooth out, and so I'm just looking for someone to cast an Asuna spell on me. Because <laughs> <laughs> shit hurts. Shit hurts. Um, excellent, sir. Uh, who else do I have on the mic here with me? Hello, this is Andrew Babcock. I am an ex-Knight of Pluto. An ex-Knight of Pluto. Yes. You, would, you would work for Steiner. I, I tried to. I couldn't pass the uh, the rigorous uh, athletic test. All right. He got right. distracted by the food in the Too kitchen. Too many stairs. <laughs> he, he, yeah. I, Steiner. We'll talk about Steiner. Yeah. Uh, excellent. I have a couple guests over in Chicago. Who am I speaking with in Chicago? Hi, this is Jeremy Connie. Hi, Jeremy. Hi, how are you guys doing? Doing good. I noticed for our Final Fantasy IX discussion, you were playing Mega Man X. Oh yeah, I'm going through uh, the latter half of the Mega Man X Legacy Connection collection. Uh, just finished X5, which was really easy and not that great of a game, and X6 just starting. Perfect. Well, I'm glad you're doing your research. Yeah. Uh, who who else do I have in the room there with you? Gavin Donellan. Gavin, we know you love Final Fantasy. We know it. We know I, it. I enjoy this, it. I this enjoy. is the but this is the last Final Fantasy you played, right? This is the this is where you jumped of off the, the train. Of the numbered series, yeah. This is okay. where I, I stepped off the boat. Okay. I'm really curious to hear why you got off the boat, but hold on to that. We will talk about your exodus from the boat. Okay. Um, my final expert is over in New York. What's your name, sir? Well, first, I'd like to apologize to John because I did not uh, fight enough battles equipped with my fairy flute, so I don't know Asuna. <laughs> um, but hopefully I will learn it soon. Uh, I'm T. Scott Ross. Scott, I think you just took a not subtle dig at the equipment item ability system of Final Fantasy IX. <laughs> Dang. I would, it was no dig. To be honest with you, it was no dig, just a simple uh prelude of discussions to come okay. just an observation all right all right well we're we're gonna let's jump into this let's just just jump right into this so final fantasy 9 is the final um entry of the playstation trilogy obviously coming after the the mega blockbuster of seven the divisiveness of eight um a couple of things that i thought was interesting i heard that little poop we had an excellent final fantasy 8 discussion that everyone should go check out um <laughs> something i learned while researching this is final fantasy 9 and 8 were developed at the same time which is shocking to me like remember the days when squaresoft made two final fantasies at the same time remember that now it takes them like 10 years to make one game oh yeah yeah right or like Isn't 15 years to remake one game oh Super dang um sick burn gavin uh yeah so <laughs> I feel like maybe in another world, 
the the positions of maybe Final Fantasy eight and nine were flipped, and there was a possibility that Final Fantasy nine might have come out first. I don't know. That was just an interesting fact that I came across. Um, God, man, yeah. So Final Fantasy nine comes out. It's supposed to be the retro Final Fantasy. They they really build it as the throwback. Uh, the crystal is in the logo. You know, they were hearkening back to the days of airships and black mages and red mages and strange rat people and magic and mist. And yeah, it uh, it did well. I think it did well. I'm pretty sure it did well. I don't know where it sits in the rankings of uh, sales. Um, Scott, you... Five- yeah. 5.2 million copies of uh, this uh, game sold. Do you know where it's do you know where it sits among the other numbered entries? I don't really know. I'd have to I'd have to go in and look that up, but uh, Wait, you I just had the 5.2 on the, the top of your head. I did have the 5.2 on top of my head. Okay, I'm I'm out. I can't keep up with that one. <laughs> this is why we have Scott on here. This is why we have Scott. Um, John, you said it was it was near the bottom the of list sales. I saw was on the lower end, yeah. You know, it's interesting, like everybody, like everyone, I feel this is the Final Fantasy that people forget about, but then when it comes up in discussion, everyone is like, oh my god, I loved, I loved that game, it was so brilliant. And, and I think whatnot. everyone was still mad from 8. We ever, I'm, I'm really <laughs> yeah. curious if that is, is what's going on. So let's, let's talk into 9, let's just jump into this proper. going to pose this pic- this question to here in LA first. Uh, did you two gentlemen play this game when it came out? Yes. And if yes. so, great. If so, what were your thoughts and feelings at the time? Um I think at the time Final Fantasy 9 I felt was an improvement over 8. I you know, I had difficulties with the the 8 um trigger system and everything but- like that and and um I felt story-wise, setting-wise, character-wise, nine delivered on a lot of things I was missing from eight. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I remember liking nine a lot more than eight uh, in that era, just because eight was so. Um, at, though we discussed it on the eight show, that it kind of isn't as bad as we remember it, it at the time. It was, I thought it was pretty terrible, uh, but nine um, to me brought back things I really loved about. The Final Fantasy series, the medieval setting, castles, airships, um, magic. Uh, but it's funny going back and playing it now because I played it again in the past couple months. I have a wildly different opinion on it. Hmm. That's hmm. I I feel I, I'm in a similar camp as you. Um, I I did not since we're already just here in the West Coast. I I I did not love Final Fantasy IX when it came out. I really. I loved seven for reasons that we have previously discussed. Um, I'm, I'm one of the few that do that does really like eight. I think the junction system obviously has its flaws, but it also allows you to break that game in really wonderful ways. If that's what you're into. Um, and I like the Star Trek sci-fi setting of eight. Like, I just like that. If you set your game in a school, <laughs> you're already one step in the right direction for me. Like, I just love school settings. I don't know why. Um, so going retro just didn't sit well with me uh and it was weird playing playing final fantasy 9 like yeah i have more thoughts and, and feelings but it just didn't sit well with me 
So let's jump to Chicago. Chicago, who there played the game when it came out? Um, I did, and I'm pretty sure Jeremy did not. I did, actually. Oh, you did. I just yeah. assumed because he plays everything. <laughs> he played all of these so much later. Uh, I So I was... Uh, Final Fantasy VII was the first Final Fantasy in my day, uh, in, in my childhood. And so, like, every... All my Final Fantasy expectations are driven and based in seven. Uh, this is also why I did not like eight. Uh, I didn't get even like halfway through eight. Um, and I remember liking nine when it came out. It something about either the structure of it or the story. Uh, it's the only Final Fantasy that I've actually beaten, uh, which I think is due to the length. But like. It didn't remind me of old Final Fantasies because it didn't remind me of Seven, um, but it had a lot of cool elements to it that uh, that felt actually fresh to me. Oh, okay. Gavin, Gavin, what about you? You you've been you were on the Final Fantasy train. I did a long time. Uh, well, I point. yeah. So I got this. So I hated Eight. We you can listen to the podcast and probably f- feel my anger shoot out of this, the speakers on that one. Um, so yeah, no, nine came out and I got it. I liked it a lot. Um, nine was at a point in my life where I just stopped having the time to invest that much into a game. So that was where like, I actually never finished this one. Um, I got near the end and then it just, it was something where like, I don't know, pretending I could succeed as an actor or, um, (laughs) playing sports or something took me off that. So this was the last one I ever played. Um, in the series just because I fell off the train of like having the time to be uh, invested. But I did like, I liked the game mm-hmm. a lot just cause I hated the draw system in eight. I thought that was abysmal. Yeah. And I thought this was just, this was just similar to, um, to, uh, materia, um, or really espers from Final Fantasy six. So I thought that was a really, it was just a cool way to do. It was, they did a good job of finding a new way to do a system that I think worked. So, Scott, yeah, take us so, home. Yeah, uh, so I definitely played uh, Final Fantasy uh, Nine. I pre-ordered it, uh, played it in college. Uh, I beat it in, like, I think three weeks. I played it straight through. Uh, d- basically did every, uh, almost everything that you could do. Uh, I even got all, uh, got all of the blue spells, which is a pretty huge undertaking. Um... Bottom line for me yeah, is damn. my first playthrough of nine. I absolutely loved it. Uh, I, 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 I loved 90% of it. Now you'll find out later in this podcast that the 10% I hate of it, I hate with so much vitriol that it actually has moved the game <laughs> further down than where it actually should be for me because 90% of the game I really do really, really enjoy. But the 10% I hated that game, I hate it more than any other thing that has ever been done in any Final Fantasy game. <laughs> uh, so we'll, we'll get, we'll, we'll get, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, but no, the, the, the retro, the okay. retro right. the thing that they set out to do, it's like, Hey, we had these final fantasy games that were super convoluted. The plot in final fantasy seven, though, super cool. Once you read like what it's supposed to be, the translation's really, really bad. We, d- we discussed that ad nauseum on the podcast, but that plot is super convoluted. Final fantasy eight also better translation, but the plot is even more like, wait, what? Very, very confusing. I also, just like you, Chris, I loved Final Fantasy VIII on the replay. <laughs> Didn't like it as much as I thought I did. Uh, I, I think I was just enchanted by 
the character development of the lead character in eight and the music of eight. Nine, nine kind of had like everything. The, the the basic of it was just solid, a real solid story. Really likable characters, very unique characters. Uh, 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 you know, they they didn't let you they didn't let you have every single character learn every single spell. Like there was very, the job system. It, the, there wasn't there was a job system per se, but like Steiner was your your big you know your big hawk and fighter and. And your summoner was your white mage. They stayed that way the entire game. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Zidane was a thief, uh, and you weren't allowed to deviate. And and believe it or not, I actually prefer that because when I'm given the opportunity, kind of like Final Fantasy three, to make all of my guys super unbelievable, powerful onion knights, I will do so, and then I'll be very unhappy that it, you know. It's it's so stupid. It's like, well, why? Well, well, Scott, why would you do that? It's well because I can. I must be the most powerful, and then I'm the most powerful, and then the game's boring. Um, so you know, it's it's my fault. But I actually like a little bit more constraints. I don't like completely I agree. utter free roam. I, I do like a little bit of guidance and a little bit of uh, 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 limits and constraints with my RPGs, and mostly for that, Final Fantasy IX achieves that. It makes each character unique. It brought it back to Final Fantasy IV, which is what I missed. So I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I hate the job system and anytime it pops up in any, he really, really does go back and listen. That holds up true. He gets (laughs) real mad. It makes every character anonymous and the same. And it doesn't just the specificity of character is what makes the final fantasy series. Right. Rydia. Thank you. Have you played, have you, have you played D and D? (laughs) What do you mean? Uh, just D and D has like really specific classes and stuff, so I didn't I didn't know. Well, yeah, I mean, like choosing okay. your character, but okay, I think this is a little bit different when it's an operatic story being told, mm-hmm. but then everyone can do everything. That right, yeah, which yeah. is why I, I echo T Scott. I, I like that each person kind of had their their niche, their job. Um, I don't think it is, but I should ask this: Is this anybody's favorite Final Fantasy? No, no, no. No, no. Okay. it's on a, it's okay. on an upper side is, for me though. It is in a is it a top three? No, Gavin? that's just because. I mean, you four, six, and like tactics, and if you put if you play those out in there, outrank it. But I like it just because honestly, oh, I like it almost entirely because other than VV, that's can be its own podcast, um, which will probably have this podcast. It's the the system, like the getting the the way that you acquired skills in this. I thought was very driving and i liked it a lot so that made me really enjoy it well it's not my favorite it does hold a special place in my heart having been the only final fantasy that i've seen an ending for (laughs) (laughs) it was straightforward enough for me to keep on board that that does that gives me a question to pass Uh, out to the group oh Okay, because I agree with Jeremy on this. I stopped finishing them after 7 as well. That's where I started losing out interest too. I feel like in the beginning, the games are really exciting. And by the end, they're so convoluted. I kind of just don't care by the end. And like I hear basically... So, and I know the end of this game gets real confusing. Hmm. And um, I don't know. I'm just curious if people... Like things I've heard about like 15 and all the other ones that like... It got maybe it's because it got they started getting so much more anime that the endings got so ridiculous at that point that you're like whatever. 
Because I've heard a lot of people um, in the later games started being like, yeah, the endings weren't a big deal to me. Like, I've heard that a lot from different people. Well, mm-hmm. it, it, go ahead, Scott. I yeah, was going to speak because I, I have played 15 and all of the 13s. Uh, I, I just, no matter what, <laughs> if it's Final Fantasy, like, I'll play it. And I'll play it to death and complete it and then bitch about it because that's what I do. Um, so I, 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 I think generally that's not a fair statement. I think uh, the correct the correct statement is is that all of those games fifteen for me fifteen uh, both of the thirteens three of the, all three of the thirteens they all fail as an ending because their story was didn't make sense or didn't have motivations or you think about thirteen which like half the time you're doing what the bad guy wants you to do. And there's even a battle where you're like, we're going to go do that thing. And the bad guy goes, right. And then I will do that same thing. You're like, oh, okay. Why are we fighting? Can we just go, let's just go do the thing. No, I must kill you. Oh, but if we just want to go do the same thing, I mean, isn't that what we want? I mean, that's Final Fantasy 13. That's the plot of it. It makes no sense. It's just so stupid. (laughs) And Final Fantasy, but Final Fantasy 13, the gameplay of that game was incredible. I had the best time. The story was terrible, but I've played Final Fantasy 6. Yeah, sure, the the system is fun and great, but that story of that 16-bit game blew my mind. It was perfect. That's what I mean. I feel like from 7 on, the plot started getting just kind of like... Yes, they, they do get very yeah. convoluted, and, and and I will say that 7 more than 8, and I know people will disagree with me, but as convoluted as 8 is, it's just dealing with convoluted scientific time loop stuff, but it's actually clearly explained. There's a bunch in 7 that is not explained. Like, right. Genova is not explained, and like right. if, if you read like a, a Wikipedia article on like what Genova is and all of that stuff and why all that stuff happened and why the Sephiroth was in the middle of the Earth, it's like oh wow that's really crazy cool but it's not executed story well story-wise in seven uh i feel like in nine uh they execute they executed the story well up until very very end uh and it it does start to get quite it it does at at the very the last four hours of that game start to they they take that they take the trick of final fantasy 4 and they change the bad guy on you but they do it like four times (laughs) they do it many many times i think they do it one time too many you know like they're they're i read a really interesting article i think it was on kotaku um about the effect that neon genesis evangelion had on japan when it came out and and you can see that effect in final fantasy 7 specifically but bleeding into a little bit of 8 so i think their their retro um inspired setting of 9 kind of helps them a little bit i still think the storytelling is is a yep. little muddled um is is definitely a little muddled compared to what before especially since they were trying to make it so retro you're um, you're you're right though chris it's, it, it's, it's nowhere near the the storytelling level of 4 and 6 it's not uh, and, and because no. those were just so clean they're just so yeah. clean the i mean even five like you know what's mm-hmm. going on the whole time yeah in spite of the job system that makes john yeah. lose angry <laughs> yeah there's an evil there's an evil tree there's a bad tree there's a really really evil tree um but even like i i would i would say the next game in the series final fantasy 10 actually does a much better job with its story than final fantasy 9 and 
you know, love While it also or being convoluted. Yeah, a little a little convoluted. Um, but you know, Final Fantasy twelve is Game of Thrones slash Shakespeare. Like that's what that game is. Yeah. That's what that game wants to be. Um so yeah, there, there were parts of nine that just didn't story wise and character wise didn't work for me. But since we're already kind of talking about story and characters, like let's jump on it, let's like dive in, like let's chat story and characters. Like, well, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna offer up the theory that the only reason many people have fond memories of Final Fantasy IX is because of Vivi. Um, he's one of the great characters of the Final Fantasy. It's Vivi, right? Not Vivi. Yeah, I would say. I think Vivi. it's Vivi. Uh, Vivi would be Vivi. his yeah. drag alternate when he comes <laughs> out as as. I'm Vi- oh my God, John Luce, I have a job for you. I need you. To, I need you to make uh, yes. Vivi into a character. <laughs> yes. Um, but I, but I think uh, he is such a great character that um, one of the best of the whole entire series that I think we, at least I think I mistakenly attached a better game to him than it was actually attached to him. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of characters that are pretty worthless, that are very uninteresting. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the setting is really bland. Uh, we we're not talking about that yet, but I find the setting very, very bland. I agree. Um, yeah. So it's interesting that they can nail one character so well and have such a beautiful unique heartfelt character and then the rest feel very toss away mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think half the cast is toss away you know like i i think vivi is a standout Three but quarters. zidane and steiner are both interesting garnett to an extent but then you have amarant Iko, quina and who's the rat girl there freya. you go freya and i think they are yeah. throw away i really what the do hell is quina what I don't know. She's like Kate Sith yeah, 2.0. Yeah, yeah, I don't exactly. know. The gourmand. Yes. Um, you gotta have a good gourmand. A gourmand. You know. And to to be fair, it's Final like Gal Fantasy, but stupider. Final, yeah, yeah, it's Gal but stupider. Yeah. Final Fantasy VIII, I feel, has kind of a weird interchangeable throwaway characters. Like they're all high school students, and they don't go much past that. Um, yeah, I don't know. What what what, what do you what do you what do you think? I think Andrew, you're right there. I mean, building off of Vivi being a very 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 good character i think the really good part about fantasy 9 is the hook at the very beginning like they actually nail that first mm-hmm. disc worth of plot very well i would say mm-hmm. the the entire premise of the game you've got your four main characters the thief the princess the knight and the stranger which is vv like doesn't know who he is um steiner's the you know buffoon who can't do anything right Garnet is reluctant to do anything for her country, and Zidane is there for the women, mm-hmm. kind of. He's like a dashing rogue, and you show up, rescue the princess who doesn't want to be rescued, who in turn rescues herself and dashes aboard your ship. Uh, the knight wants to save the princess from this happening, ends up on the ship anyway. Vivi gets dragged along for the ride, doesn't know who he is, and then shows up in that village, and it's like, here's who you may be. You should explore this more. And then Black Waltz number one shows up and throws all of the adventure kind of like starts there, I think. And I think that's that's kind of a great, I've tried to do that for uh, like role-playing game, like groups Mm -hmm. be like, this is the setup. And I think it's kind of perfect. Yeah, no, I was thinking about that for this too. Like Final Fantasy four, six, seven, nine, all have great, intro pieces right they really do um i love final fantasy 8 it has a horrible yeah. intro piece 
horrible. Yes. You see a fantastic cinematic, and then you're in school. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and that sucks. You know? Um, Final Fantasy VII starts with the train mission. That's brilliant. Oh, you awesome. know? So this whole like theater troupe is just it, it's a yeah. great start to the seven to the is game. one of the most interesting ones because um, it does the animated train and then he pops out and you're like oh shit this is how this is gonna go I actually yeah because I I messaged Chris this morning because I was looking up from one of the questions Chris posed was like what do you think of like them re-releasing him on Switch and I was like what's the point and then I asked Chris I texted him I said wait did they update it? he said well, they cleaned it up so I actually bought it this morning and replayed through the intro. And the one thing I'll say about nine that's really cool is you it keeps switching who you're controlling as their stories all crash together, which I thought was really yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. And they have that unique like, let's tell the story and then go ahead and switch back to a character and see what happened at the yeah. exact, exact same. Like they're time all in different places on this timeline. So if, yeah, so this is where we're talking. This is the point where we're talking about characters, right? Okay. Yeah. Well, so. We're, we're, chewing on some Vivi, characters i'll talk about this about vivi and this is actually the most i have to say about the entire game other than when we talk about the way the uh, abilities are gotten so vivi fucked me up in when he came out and when i was in school and the reason why is because the whole thing he has this whole arc is what happens when you die and he basically posed this thing to my like upper teenage self of like making me question like mortality and I'm not kidding. This is like complete legit. I had this very weird because he said, what ha- What if nothing happens when you die? And I had this whole sensation of what if nothing happens when you die? And it like screwed me up for a while. That's my biggest takeaway from the game. Like I was like, it made me question things I had not actually questioned up till that stage in my life, which so in some ways I'm like, maybe in hindsight, fuck this game. <laughs> <laughs> uh like damn it well, I but mean, i thought that i well and i just thought that was really all appropriate questions to think about in yeah life you just don't expect to get from a video it was game. a very interesting thing yeah and then his arc is just incredibly tragic and it doesn't come back around it's not like like spoiler alert like yeah at the end it's like oh he's done and you're like yeah, oh yeah, but there's little yeah. bbs i don't fucking care <laughs> yeah. um so it's not him that's not his yeah and so and so I agree with John that could have that thing that like his character is so superior in characters they've written in games. Um, Cause you think about For seven, them, yeah. eight, he's like the most well, like we have this idea for him and we grounded it well and you know it and you know what's going on. Like clouds would be interesting if you had any fucking clue what was going on without having to go and read about it somewhere else. Like, <laughs> um, so that's yeah. like that's my biggest yeah. thing with the game is it was such and on top of that up until that point my favorite characters have always been the mages and the black mages so that was a big deal for me but yeah that was his big thing and then yes i also say i'm like oh yeah there's other people in the game steiner is the other really interesting character even though i tend like you want to kind of dislike him but he's very well he's also very well created cool I will have probably like one other thing to say for the rest of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and it, it, should, it should be noted that Vivi is a, um, like Vivi goes on this journey of kind of like what happens when you die? What, you know, what if you only live like a year? Like kind of asking all these really big questions. And later on when Zidane finds out he's essentially a Vivi, he, you know, right. he's created and he's he also has a lifespan like, he goes on a similar journey, you know, but by that point, Vivi has already come out on the other side and is, you know, there trying to help him. So it's, 
I think V. I really do like the character of Vivi, but I can see to bring it back to what you, John, said. Like, it's like when you have a really great actor in a kind of mediocre movie. You know, like like he's he's so good that he he kind of makes the game seem better than it is. It's like Meryl Streep and Julie and Julia. <laughs> yes, it is. Like she's of every amazing. example John Lewis could have pulled. The movie, movie's actually really bad. How do you do that? How do, how, I don't but know. she got an Oscar nomination for it. like she was great in it, but like the yeah. movie is bad. Yeah. Um, Scott, I, I, I feel you were about no. To I, I was going to say it's really funny how the Final Fantasy uh, uh, creators talk about uh, when Seven like uh, they wrote Seven to be the the Final Fantasy about death, and he wrote it after his mother died, right? Or, or so I'm, I'm, I'm sacrilege. I don't know the true story, but I yeah. remember hearing that Seven was supposed to have themes of death. Well. Nine is the Final Fantasy that is about death. The in, the entire thing is about death. Obviously, VV, a, a super central character. It comes, the same thing happens uh, with Zidane. And then the whole the whole ending thing with the, the Terran civilization is that they're trying to be immortal and defeat death. And how they do that is they consume other planets' souls uh, because they are fighting death. It's the same thing. Um, uh, that's what the game is about. And then so they're like, oh, since we're fighting death, what what you do is after you beat the final boss and after after everything's been destroyed, I have a great idea. Let's have the characters for no reason fight a freaking thing called Necron who's supposed to be, oh, I'm death. Look at me. I'm evil Necron. I'm death. Oh, were you helping Garland to create the Terran people to, to, to consume Gaia? No, I'm just death. I'm here to destroy you because I'm. De- oh, you you must have helped Kuja when he you know when he was he was doing all that evil stuff, right? Kuja, who's that? No, I'm just Necron. Okay, we'll kill you, Kuja. <laughs> Kuja from the other place goes. Wow, they bested death. So now I'll now I'll send you back to the real world. And now I'm no longer evil. I'm good. And and Kuja, my brother, I'm gonna die, but it's okay. And, and I wonder that, if this really is a part are of- you freaking kidding me? I wonder if this is a part of te- Scott's ten percent that he doesn't like. I can't tell. Yeah, <laughs> right. I can't. I can't I tell. We, I think we found yeah, it. No, that's five. That's five percent, guys. That's five percent. Five right. of the ten percent. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about we'll talk about the villains. Um, the other five percent. The other. Well, that, I wanted to get. Cut. I really wanted to get Necron game. out of the way because I would like to talk about the villains because Garland and Kuja are, are interesting villains to talk about. Necron is not it. And if someone can help me with this, because I've done a lot of reading and there are a lot of people who are like, but no, the game is about death and then the characters have to fight death and then death is amazed that they would want to fight to stay alive and so he lets them live. And, and, and maybe that's what they intended. It's so awful. It's just the worst thing that's ever been put on any RPG <laughs> ever in the face of history. So, so two two things real quick, Scott. First off, when you go into your South Park voice, I know I know you're making fun of what we're about to talk about. Okay, two <laughs> two. I replayed the entirety of Final Fantasy IX for this podcast, and Necron does not make any sense. He doesn't make any sense. He shows up. It's really random. It makes no sense. I wonder why um, they did it then. I don't know. It really feels like they wrote the story, they wrote the game, they made the game, and then they realized they needed to just put one more battle in. And it makes no sense. It would make more sense for Kuja to transform into something. Yeah. Or maybe they you know? had like the art the art for it and they're like, "Oh yeah, we need to put that in there. That's great." Right. 
Yeah. Where it, do we put it? Oh, yeah. the end. Uh, Necron feels like an <laughs> optional boss fight that you have to fight. That you have to fight, and it just makes no sense. He's the emerald weapon of this game. Yeah. Imagine if the. Yeah. Imagine if the emerald weapon like just suddenly showed up after you beat Sephiroth and was like, "Okay, now you have to fight me." <laughs> Why? Hope Why? you have. Hope like you it. have an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. And Knights of the Round yeah, copied of- nine times <laughs> in your sword. <laughs> um. So. We 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 talked a lot about Vivi, but are are there other characters we want to talk about? There are eight char- eight nine characters, eight. I don't know. There's there are more characters. I feel <laughs> I like that you're I the one that just should... played through it, and you're like, I there's I people in it. I don't know. Some. That just clearly <laughs> puts like a stamp of approval on John's opinion here. Like, I think there are other people to... in the game. <laughs> one thing I'd love to bring up, and I John and I were talking about this weeks ago, whenever it was. Um, Parts of Final Fantasy IX feel like a Disney game to me. Uh, and even like in the animations and expressions of the characters, like they just feel, part of it feels like a Disney game, uh, which is really interesting to me because later on, they would go to make a game with Disney characters in it. Um, but something about Final Fantasy IX kind of strikes me as though Squaresoft was attempting to make a Disney-like game at the time. Oh yeah, I mean, this um, was one of the things that I thought made it feel very different from seven and eight. And also fresh for me, but you know I understand why they made these choices stylistically when they're trying to emulate six and before, because they were doing you know characterized humans rather than fully anthropom- anthropomorphized. Where mm-hmm. in seven and eight, you're in your cutscenes at least you're seeing these appropriately proportioned human characters, whereas now we're getting back to like cartoon type of human characters. You know, overly <laughs> short. You know, bigger eyes. You know, stuff that is taking the human form and and playing with it, which I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. I thought it added and made it its own style that felt appropriately different and more like a, more like a game. More unique. Yeah. Mm. Like the uh, the Tantalus uh, troop, the theater troop, mm-hmm. who are the like unnamed other NPCs you get to play with sometimes. Like, yeah. Those guys are fun. Yeah. I like those guys. Yeah. They don't add too much, but they did their jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean, Zidane is the hero. He's he's the protagonist. Pretty sure he is. <laughs> um, and he is a definitely a breath, breath of fresh air after Squall and Cloud. Right. You know? Um, little surprise that they went with the amnesia route again with their hero, where he doesn't really know who he is and all this stuff. Um, especially after diving deep into that for Final Fantasy VII, but it's nice that he's that he's not like a a, a moody teenager. They do it again in the tens. Yeah, yeah for video games, <laughs> for video games, Amnesia is like the it was all a dream of sitcoms. Yeah, it really was. That also again Six. maybe the effect of Neon Genesis mm-hmm. Evangelion. Yeah, like this whole like amnesic teenage hero playing with mem- memory. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, they like it. They is, do it in Breath of the nice. Wild too. Yeah, it's in. It's true. really in just about every. Like, I don't remember who I am. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's actually even Final Fantasy World. What's that game where you become the little chibi, big and small ones? I downloaded that and played it for like seven minutes and then got bored. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it came out for PlayStation Four and now it's on Switch. But it's the exact same thing. The two main characters used to be like the apparently like the gods of the world or something so everyone when they figure out they are like oh my god it's you and they're like who are we we're goofy kids <laughs> and you're like oh well there you go 
Yeah, it's a narrative mechanic to have power but still allow the the player to discover. So mm -hmm. it's, it's just easy. I want to give my unbridled hatred for Quina mm. uh, because at least in Final Fantasy VII, Kate Sith, this whole cat on top of a Moogle thing, you know, you realize, oh, this is just a robot that somebody at Shinra is controlling. Like, great, that makes sense to me. Quina loves frogs and loves to eat, and that's it. <laughs> and it's such a weird character. Like, even from Japanese world, it's a weird character. It's so weird. I don't, I just don't like Quina. I just don't. And she's the blue mage, and I love blue mages, which is the most frustrating thing. Do you, do you not like Joy? I hate Joy. <laughs> I hate Joy. But I will say, upon my replay through Final Fantasy IX, um, I used to hate uh, Amaranth. Okay. I used to really hate him. I thought he was really boring. And then I realized he's just Vegeta. He is Vegeta. He Wait, is that from Dragon Ball Z? Oh, I thought you were making a vagina. I did too. I was like, is that like is that like the vagina name for like a no, no. like a Frito Lay chip? If no, no. Right. If you think of Zidane as Goku <laughs> yeah. and Amarant as Vegeta, it totally works. Um like he shows up, he's he wants to be the best. Zidane beats him. He doesn't understand how Zidane beat him. He doesn't understand friendship. He doesn't understand family. Mm -hmm. And he sticks around because he hopes to learn these things to be better. Like, he's just Vegeta. Like, I heard his dialogue in Vegeta's voice after a while. <laughs> it, just totally, it just totally worked for me. It just worked. Well, I'm looking, but everybody I'm looking forward to uh, you putting together some music video cuts uh, of this character to, um, to Linkin Park. Oh yeah, that, you got it. <laughs> nothing but Vegeta. <laughs> um, anything else about some of the characters we want to talk about? I know we kind of glossed over them, but I think there's a reason we're having problems with them. Yeah, I mean, Garnet uh, Dagger, Garnet. Uh, uh, she's she's cool. She, it's a very interesting story. It's the whole orphan. It's the oh, I was actually adopted because I'm actually a lost race of summoners. That was pretty cool. Uh, they cut off her horns so she would grow hair over it so people wouldn't know that she was different. Um, it's cool at the beginning, you know, she's the princess who they go to kidnap her and then she's trying to run away when they're kidnapping her. Hilarious. Right. Cool. Uh, it's, you know, it's it's cool. She, 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 has to, she has the transformation. She's like, I will transform. I will cut my hair. And now that I've cut my hair, I am now better equipped to handle life's challenges. I mean, that's um, generally how, what happens if, like, you know, a celebrity lesbian comes out. Right. Same process. <laughs> Same exact process. <laughs> how, do, how, does, how does she stack up against, like, Celeste, Renoa, Tifa, Eris? Like, how, do, how does... Not at all. Could you pick any of them out of a lineup? Not at all. Could you pick any of them out of a lineup? I mean, they're all basically the same. Oh, no, no, no. Oh. <laughs> well, you really like Celeste. Me? Oh, not Celeste, but Renoa, Yuna... Um, Garnet, they're all. Oh yeah, you know, I couldn't tell you to seen Reno and Garnet. I was like, oh wait, they're just the. Yeah, they're, oh yeah, okay. they're, they're the they're the the object of affection for the main character. They're white mage-ish. Um, they have a maybe a little bit of like spunk in them, but they're not anything specific. They're the Final Fantasy series has not had great female characters overall, and yeah, they especially when you look at Celeste and Terra from Six. six yeah. Uh, I mean, even Eris, as much as we all love to love Eris, she is just 
an object of affection who sells flowers and mm -hmm. is sort of a white mage. You know, there's nothing mm -hmm. super specific about her. Um, so I, I find Garnet Dagger to be pretty tedious because she's mm -hmm. essentially the same trope that they've trotted out every single Final Fantasy. She feels she feels the most similar to Yuna to yes. me, but I I would argue Yuna is a better written character. Yeah. Well, everyone in than, Final Fantasy X is better written. Garnet, <laughs> but they very they're very similar. You, Yuna um, really annoyed me my first time through. My most recent time through ten, I actually really liked Yuna. Uh, it, I guess I got older, and the whole thing about do, she's very like Yuna's very dutiful, you know, and 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 very like no, I'm this is my path. This is this is I'm I'm here I'm a summoner I have to send the, these these souls this is my journey this is what I'm supposed to be doing, and I guess to like a 18 year old I'm like oh that's stupid and then when you get older you're like well I can see how someone would do something stupid because of that but Garnett is she's just so forgetful um, yeah I agree and you miss you miss uh, when you said Renoa I actually thought that you had said Celeste and that's why I was booing because Celeste and uh, Tara th those two characters from 6 they haven't matched them for females they haven't uh, in any of the games mm. yeah 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 uh let's take a quick uh switch over into the villains Let's talk about, so technically I think Final Fantasy IX has three villains, uh, uh, Garland, Kuja, and for at least the first part of the game, Garnet's mother, Queen, Queen Bronn. Queen Bronn. Um, yeah, so Kuja, I think, obviously is supposed to be the main villain. Uh, he, again, is is the Golbez, kinda. He, he is like uh, Zidane, he is literally a genome created by Garland. Uh, to come and sow discord in the world of Terra or Gaia. Well, I forget. I get them mixed up. Uh, and then he, like, trying to kind of pulls a Kefka and tries to be like Kefka and goes kind of super nuts and then somehow gets the power of trance, which really doesn't make sense and becomes uber powerful. Um, and he's, uh, you know, he, he, he feels a little bit like uh, Giraham from... Uh. Uh, Skyward Sword, just a little bit. Like he's kind of like got this over-the-top flamboyance to him, um, but it works for some reason. It works for Giraham, but it doesn't work for Kuja for me, and I can't really put my finger on it. But I just I noticed that in this playthrough. A real quick note, and I think I think Kuja attains the trance by absorbing the soul of the queen and all of her rage and uh, and what have you is what causes him to trance. Uh, which yes. is like what? <laughs> right. Sure. Right. Uh, right. Sure. Obviously. No, there's some cool things that Kuja does. I mean, I mean, the, the the one one of the more one of one of the only interesting things is is that when he realizes that he's going to die very soon because once Zidane reaches a certain age, Kuja just will die. His time will come to an end. Once he realizes that he can't escape that, he decides that Vine, I will destroy everything. Um, and then, obviously, at the end, he changes when the, the people fought so hard to uh, defeat death. Uh, this game is terrible at the end. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 You know, like, if, something Final Fantasy IX does not do very well 
um, that other Final Fantasies have succeeded at is sometimes they'll take a mechanic of the game. <laughs> sometimes they'll take a mechanic of the gameplay or of the plot and wrap him together into the storytelling of the world. So like Magicide is a great example where espers become Magicide. They, tra they train you in new abilities. Yep. You can use their powers for summons, but they're also integral to the plot of the world. Um, and I feel they try to do that with Trance, but they never really explain Trance very well at all. Like Trance is just something that happens to everybody when they get really angry. And they go into a park with glow sticks. They go, yep, they go, yep. they go, yeah, they they glow. Um, they become super powerful. And that's what Kuja, like, that's a big part of his plot is learning how to trance. Like Garland can't do it. I don't think he can do it. Um, Kuja gains the power to do it. Zidane has it for some reason. Um, and did, once, a, yeah. did, Akira, did Akira Toriyama sue Squaresoft over this game? I, I think because of Chrono Trigger, Akira Toriyama is never allowed to sue Squaresoft. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, or Dragon Quest. Uh, yeah, it just it, it doesn't work very well. It's it's just something I noticed on this last playthrough is it just they try and wrap it into the storytelling and it doesn't the trance system. Um, it just doesn't it doesn't flow very naturally versus like Limit break. Um, the espers or anything yeah. else that they've done before. It's also wildly sorry. It's also wildly different for depending on the character who enters trance. Mm -hmm. So like, if Zidane enters trance, like he has like a million powerful different things that he can do, like Vivi or Iko or Garnet enter trance. Like they can cast two spells. Yeah. And like for a white mage, if you don't need healing in that moment, they're basically. Yeah, it's pretty pretty useless. Yeah, it's like they wanted to take the limit breaks from Final Fantasy seven VII and eight and yeah. make it part of the story, and it just doesn't work. I hate trance. Like I really hate it. It always kicked yeah. in when I didn't need it to. <laughs> right. Um, and it was just so frustrating. I give me my limit breaks, please. Yeah. You know, I get it. It makes the game easier, but give me my limit breaks. Um, yeah. So thoughts and feelings about Kuja and trance and and dance and the music of all living things, you know, like, I mean, if you take Kuja and trance and dance, that sums up his clothing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Very true. Cause he looks like what later would be an outfit on RuPaul. Like it's yeah, that's, that's all I have to say on it. I just, that's, and as it, yeah, nope, that's it. Yep. Mm -hmm. Jeremy, you did you did the Skyward Sword discussion. Did you mm -hmm. do you have it? Did you get any feelings of like Kuja's Girahim in a way? Like, did that did that correlation happen for you? I mean, I would have to replay it to really okay. uh, mix those two games together in my head. I, I don't remember making that connection at the time, and I can't remember what order I played these games in. Mm -hmm. But I see it, you know, looking at the art. Well, I mean, the trope they're so the trope they're going for, and it is a Japanese culture thing, is like that kind of extreme flamboyance. Because flamboyancy in Japanese culture is viewed very differently than here, and so like flamboyance, um, confidence can can be used in like basically the the psycho characters, right? And you see it. They yeah, and they. I honestly think all of these characters are birthing from the success of Kefka because Kefka was so yeah. flamboyant and so yeah. extreme and so right. just so out there that they tried to play off that. Like they're almost charming and stylish and like drawing you in, but they're psycho and they're crazy. And I don't, 
I don't think any of them ever landed as well. And I actually never played Skyward Sword, but Gearham shows up in um what's the the uh Zelda game where you're like in the battlefield like Hyrule, a Hyrule Dynasty Quest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, you can still see it and it's so clearly like, oh, that one worked. Like you can see where that character played off well. But I think that misses a lot. And I feel like I don't know, maybe this one didn't land as strongly in the attempt because i mean it's even a little bit in sephiroth but sephiroth mm. is a little more masculine but sephiroth still has a little bit of that energy yeah i noticed i noticed like the flamboyancy is usually tied to um villains is, is it kind of viewed as a negative connotation in japanese culture gavin or flamboyancy is not okay. no um so it's a little bit opposite in japanese culture like flamboyancy is seen as like sexy in japan were like, like, well, I mean, for those, I mean, for people listening, I lived in Japan for three years in total, and where you found the gays was at the gym. And yes, that's where you find them here too, but in a little different way. Like, um, uh, the more masculine, like, like flamboyancy and like that delicate nature is like honored in Japan. It's a bigger deal. Hmm. So I actually think, but their characters, you notice, don't have any kind of like sexual draw or love interest, where in, um, what's his, annoying kind of semi-forgettable ass in final fantasy eight um what are the two? Oh, uh the two that fight yeah sephiroth or sorry uh, uh cypher cypher cypher, cypher. cypher. so they're the different they're like the brooding character and those show up a lot in animes the flamboyant characters usually tend to be like the real evil ones um and it's because they're charming in the beginning and then it just shows that they're just like unbridledly psycho mm. Um, they show up in a lot of stuff. There's an anime called Sword Art Online, and the main character, as soon as he starts, he seems normal until he like starts his voice starts coming out, and he turns into this very shrill character. So yeah, cool. yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on Kuja? I I, I just don't have. I, I also yeah. thought it was Kujo when I first played the game, so I was expecting a rabid dog the whole time. Right. I'm just gonna throw that out Kujo. there. Um, he has the unfortunate problem of coming after both Kefka and Sephiroth, you know? Right. He's just not as good version of either one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always thought it'd be more interesting if they hadn't decided to do like their many different villain reveals. Like if it had just been the queen from the beginning. Um, right. The queen's mm. identifiable. The queen's a pretty good bad guy. A pretty identifiable. Like, oh, yeah. She's doing evil things. Let's stop her. Much more unique. But yeah. to have like all these evil things behind. I mean, I, I understand you have to raise the stakes in a story, but I still feel like. Well, how much of a final, how much of Final Fantasy is is that part of the structure of Final Fantasy of like the the juke, the the misdirection in in the villain? Like it, it's fair. It seems like it's at least common. Um. I would say it's a trope they like to do. It, it's rare when you know who the villain is and that stays the villain. You know, like Chrono Trigger, it's like Lavos. Okay, we know Lavos is the villain and he stays the villain. Um, to a lesser extent, Sin. Once you Sin, once yeah. you once you hone in on Sin, Sin is really the villain. Um, Arden in fifteen, you meet him and you're instantly, oh yeah, you're the bad guy. But. Final Fantasy, oh, okay. Final Fantasy VI, you know, for a while you don't know who the villain is. Same with Seven. It's probably Sephiroth, but you're not entirely sure. Um, Final Fantasy IV, you think it's Golbez. Uh, yeah, it's a trope they they jump into. But uh, In six, you think it's the Emperor. Yeah. So, 
I don't know if we answered that question very well for you, Jeremy. <laughs> it's, it's, it seems like a, a 60% yeah, 40% no. Yeah, yeah. And and then Final Fantasy twelve, I could not tell you. So yeah, <laughs> it's William Shakespeare. That's who something. it is. It's the system. Um, John, I want to bring it back to something you brought up. Uh, you brought up the world, and that it did not gel for you. No. Why? Why? Um, well, the more you get to explore it, the more boring it is. There's really nothing there. Once you gain the ability to travel anywhere, there's really nothing to look for or explore. Um, I found all of the major cities to be very similar mm. and very forgettable. Like they all just kind of seem the same. Um, there's a few, I mean, some of the smaller villages have a unique style, but it, to me, there's never a strong sense of location or place. Hmm. Um, like Alexandria to me looks just like Trino. Well, looks just like what's the other Lindblom like mm -hmm. they all basically look the same and they all get destroyed and then yeah like <laughs> they all get destroyed um and it, so it made for i don't know it, it gets tedious as much as the the game starts off with a bang and i agree i think it starts getting repetitive really fast like the fact that there's not just one black waltz there's three black waltzes mm -hmm. and basically the pattern becomes you go to a village everyone splits up you see a bunch of different cutscenes vv falls down a lot um <laughs> or gets picked on um and then you go on to the next thing there's just to me there's there's not the unique sense of place there is in other final fantasies just real quick the name waltz the reason why there's three waltzes is because the waltz time format is oh i'm yes and four so there's three i'm aware them. maybe they should but, be called the black yeah. claps because everybody, everybody loves it everybody loves it but like how many times do you have to fight one of those idiots like a lot they're after you yeah i seek yeah. death yeah um is there a world is there a final fantasy world that really works for you um six and seven to me have great worlds four even has its own mm -hmm. um specificity fours is so good uh ten eight is pr i think kind of the same like once you get to the overworld it's really uninteresting and bland mm -hmm. like i think Seven is the only one of the PlayStation era that got an overworld down correctly. Yeah. Um, like there didn't even need yeah. to be an overworld in nine. I think I think nine, when you still have the mist, which is the first half of the story. I, I think I thought that the the mist as a part of the world kind of worked as a trope. Like everybody's got to live at high elevation to live in a civilized place. Otherwise, you live you know, where there are monsters and things like that. I thought that was unique, but yeah, it, it, it only shows up for the first half of the game. And then once the mist is gone, everything looks the same. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree with John. I mean, if you think about like final fantasy six or four, I guess seven, I almost don't, almost don't agree with you on that one, John, but a little bit think about like three or four cities in those, in those games. And you immediately can be like, Oh yeah, this boom, 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 boom. And in yeah. this one, I can't. Like, I can't do it. I'm like, uh, uh, town. Yeah. Yeah. So the, I agree. I think John's spot on with that. I, I feel like they, they sat down when they were making a retro world and they were like, okay, we need an ice cavern. We, we need a volcano. We need a creepy forest. You know, we need a weird upside down castle. So they threw all these elements in, but they don't really gel together. Um, like going into Ibsen's heritage, which is like supposed to be a really important plot point of like finding information out about 
an airship and all this stuff just didn't really make sense to me uh, playing through the game again or like going to Condo Pete. Like there's all these dwarves that live on top of a root of a tree <laughs> for some reason. Like it, it, the world just feels really incongruous in parts uh, that seven and eight don't. Eight feels bland for sure, but at least like parts of the world made sense. But right. Final Fantasy IX just feels like they threw a mixture of environments together and just did not care to explain it you know for better or for worse i think it's also a function of the just the way the game is gated to you for mm. accessibility like you're never in danger in final fantasy 9 of wandering into a place you're not supposed to be mm. where in 7 and 8 you could you've got pretty easy access to other places that are difficult so you know you could walk into the midgard zolom and die pretty quickly mm-hmm. in oh, yeah. 9 I think I found like there's one high mountain pass in the first disc where you're going to fight a semi hard dragon monster for you. Mm -hmm. And that's about it. Yeah. Scott, what do you think about the world? Um, Gosh, I'm going to be a real contrarian. And I think that the overworld of Final Fantasy nine is one of the prettiest, uh, 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 regular PlayStation. Uh, uh, once you get that, once you get the airship and flying around, I remember flying with like the water. Uh, you can go to the area where the waterfalls coming down. Uh, I just thought it was very interesting. In 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 uh, in seven, uh, seven and eight, the world, the overworld didn't match the cities. Like you're in Midgar, and it's this crazy city, and you get out of Midgar, and it's like, oh, there's a little hill and a ditch and a thing. What? It, it, the whole rest of the world didn't match the cities at like at all. They looked like they were different planets and ate the same way. Like you're in this, you're in this cool, you know, Balam garden. And then you drive on a street where there's just flat grass and nothing. And you're even like in a car and you feel like you're in final fantasy six, but you're driving a car, you know? Uh, so I, I thought that nine was like everything. You felt like it was a final fantasy overworld. Uh, but that's my opinion. <laughs> oh man i love i love how we're just kind of hovering around up yeah it's okay <laughs> with yeah. final fantasy 9 yeah. um so I, yeah go ahead scott no i just wanted to segue a little bit and i didn't know if we we're going to spend a lot of time on it so i wanted to talk about game playing yes uh, please i'm ready to tear it apart <laughs> great oh. let's talk about some gameplay things uh i'm gonna start with uh, 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 the the system, which is learning spells from items, mm. uh, I actually really liked this, and Me it's too. very interesting. I really liked it because it actually forced you to use weapons that weren't the strongest. Now I'm a gamer, just like I said. Like I'm gonna make all four of my guys onion knights, and they're gonna be maxed out stats and kill everything in one hit. Like I will do that if I'm given the option, right? This game actually made it so that you got this really shiny, cool sword, but if you want to learn that spell, you got to pick up that weaker sword and go do some battles with it to learn that spell, and then you can move on to the stronger sword. Um, and you found ways to, like, uh, you know, share armor, and you flip armor around to, uh, to really get the, you know, to get everybody learning the abilities and the stuff that they needed to do. I really thought that system was really, really cool, and I, I don't think they've really used that again on any other Final Fantasy. Uh, I thought it was uh, uh, really cool. I like the, I like it as an idea. I ran into a problem where 
you know, you you would be using an item, or you'd have a piece of armor equipped, and then you get the next thing that's much better with a better, you know, ability, but you haven't maxed out the previous one. Um, or, heaven forbid, if you miss an item, and now you're missing a slot somewhere for an ability, <laughs> which really drove me up the wall. Um, I don't think it would have bothered me so bad if the battle system didn't chug. But adding four players, <laughs> like going back to the four-party system, really pushes the PlayStation to its limit. And I feel the battle system just feels slow. Like the frame rate feels slow. Um, even when you're like pressing buttons and everything, like I always felt like I was, I was like there was input lag, which is crazy because it's a JRPG, you know. Like why is there input lag on a JRPG? Like it, like having played seven again, like seven just felt really fast and like. You attack, you attack, you cast, you attack, you level up. But something about 9 feels slow. Now, I will admit I have not played the Switch version of 9, which has the fast-forward feature, which obviously fixes that problem. Um, but the original PlayStation version of the game, which is what I played, just chugs. you know. And it's impressive. It's impressive what they get out of that piece of hardware, but that game chugs along. Um, yeah, what do you all think about Well, I was going to say I agree with Scott about... For the most part, the item system is pretty cool. I like that. And like, like you said, sometimes, yeah, you do get an item mm -hmm. that uh, is more powerful, but you haven't finished getting the the spell or the yeah. ability from the other previous items. So it requires a little more thought and a little more management, which I like. Um, but I think, to me, this is like the first Final Fantasy where the battle system doesn't really even matter. It doesn't even really feel that much that important. What do you mean? Um like none of the boss battles to me felt like they mattered at all. They all were very simple. Um, you don't get any experience point from beating the boss, which to me just signals that it's not that big of a deal to beat a boss. Um, and it, there's just nothing really that exciting that happens in battles. You have your, your trances, but that's once in a blue moon that it actually works out in your favor. Um, otherwise, it's just kind of the same. It's the same attack use a spell attack um heal that you get in any other rpg but just done like you said a little bit slower and just a little bit less inspired so i felt less too the I, only thing I, I, I like with the draw they're not the draw no i keep seeing draw system what would you call this system like the item skill system i guess it's the is, item ability system it, it has a name but i don't know what they i will say it, it made you want to get to the next town i always really liked that it always made me excited to find like the shops to be like, oh, what's the new thing I could find and learn? Like I liked that, like that approach. Um, and then once I learn it, I've got it and I'm done. I don't have to like go draw it again or you, yeah. Um, yeah, I just I thought this that was their way of playing with the materia system in a new way. So I just I thought it was really cool. Um, yeah. something john said about the boss battles uh for me this goes to my other five percent i have two more halves of this five percent to get to my most annoying things about this game uh and it's very small and it's it might be just be very personal to me but every boss in this game except for necron uh literally and, and i think kuja 
is included in this, uh, if I remember correctly. Every single boss in this game has a super rare, powerful item that you can steal from them. Now that sounds kind of cool, and to someone who likes to collect the most powerful items, uh, it's that's like, oh, I gotta get all of these powerful armors and items and things. But the steal rate on that is extremely low. Yes. So I start every boss battle by just having Zidane steal, and it. I remember it taking like 30 minutes just to get that item, and then I could start the boss battle and it, it became it became like annoying, even though I was like, "Yay, you get this amazing, super awesome item!" It was it was so terrible, and I hate I hated it, hated it. Even Kuja, you could steal an awesome item from the second to last, the last meaningful boss of the game. You could steal something from him. Yeah, uh, and it was just it was just too much. Like make it so there's like maybe three bosses that have really cool items you can steal, or just make the steal rate lower. Like for someone who's smart enough to try to steal from the 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 you know from a boss, but ugh, so infuriating. I uh, I agree with you, Scott. And, and just to add on to what you've said, every boss has three items that you can steal. Oh oh gosh, a, that's right. A, oh, yeah, a common oh. item, a rare item, and a super rare item. And the super rare one is obviously the best, but sometimes you may steal the rare item and not realize that you did not steal the super rare item. You know, it's it's so it just makes it makes Zidane steal all the time, which means he can't fight, which means you have one less character. And what message is that sending to the kids? <laughs> <laughs> steal often. Yeah, so anything else about the you know, item ability system, like it does feel a little bit like the materia system, but it's just tied to your weapons and armor to a to a degree. Um it kind of harkens back to like the I don't know, I played a lot of the Game Boy Final Fantasy games from the ooh. early nineties. Like you, you do go to the next village, you do purchase all of the weapons to just buy and get get leveled up essentially to fight the the batter guys. I kinda like it. I mean I mean, that's what the this game is trying to do. It's trying to harken back to all of the previous games before it, right? Yes, that that was their that was the goal. That was the sales pitch, right? Yeah, you know, was and I guess for re, I guess for me the reason it didn't click was it was you know they were like we're gonna we're gonna revisit all these old things and it's gonna be great, but I was like, well, I'll just play Final Fantasy four if I want a retro game. I'll just play Final Fantasy six. You know, like I, I, I appreciate now um, why they did what they did, but at the time, I really was just not on board with it. Um, also, question, yeah. total random question: Why is everyone so obsessed with turning old Final Fantasies into new, new technology, and not turning the new Final Fantasies into new to SNES level sixteen-bit sprite games? Ah. You know, <laughs> that's a great idea, and they're so doing it with with Dragon Quest. 11. Oh, you can do that. You can take Dragon Quest 11 and play a Super NES version of it. Wow, at really? Any time. Yes. I'm telling you. Yes. Um, I'd be much more interested in playing 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, whatever. Whichever ones are the online ones. Yeah. Uh, as a 16-bit game. Did you play Octopath Traveler? Uh, I played the demo. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's essentially that's, that's that. essentially what they did. It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I want more of it. Yeah, then get the game. I, then you play, play that. I think there, I think there is a desire, and you're seeing it with 
kind of the release of all these retro collections that there that there is a desire for a retro RPG of some type. Um, so hopefully Squaresoft, Square Enix, sorry, will will jump on that train sometime. Maybe they'll do a Final Fantasy VIII remake, <laughs> and that'll be amazing. What a what a term. What a term. Um, so I kind of want to bring us. We're over the hour mark, and we got to slowly wrap up. Um, so what about, I feel all of us have kind of collectively, for the most part, um, having revisited this game now, um, not remembered it as fondly, and I'm kind of curious why. Like, what is what has changed? And I, I will talk about the new versions of the game that are out there um, and the preferred way to play it. But yeah, like, what what is not held up about this game versus older Final Fantasies for you? Or, or what have you noticed you know, with with hindsight about Final Fantasy IX, where we already touched on these things. I think we did mostly, and I think everybody can agree that it's characters. Uh, we literally have we have one, and it's Vivi, and our main character is is after having after having Cloud, uh, followed by. Uh, Squall. Now, obviously, people debate about Squall, but people people say that the character started diminishing after after seven. Uh, but you know, the characters in nine are they're, most of them are very forgettable. They're very forgettable. Uh, there's no Sephiroth. There's no Kefka. There's no great. There's no Golbez even. There's just no great, awesome bad guy. The, the 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 queen starts and the queen is the queen is like Kefka but always powerful. Kefka's so cool because Kefka started off as a wimp. He started off as nothing, uh, and then attained this great, huge, unbelievable power. He was a joke when you first fought him, and then he became a god. Such an awesome bad guy. And Sephiroth, obviously, probably the best bad guy ever. Um, but there's just nothing like that in Final Fantasy Nine. I will say that it is it is the last uh, 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 score composed by Nobuo Uematsu, and the score is fan fantastic, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, it's amazing, uh, but yeah, that's what it is for me. It's just it's the characters mostly. I think uh, the Final Fantasy series as a whole is much like the television show Friends. So, uh, when people talk about Friends, <laughs> hear me out. There's an arc to this. So. When people talk about the television show Friends, people refer to like the second, third, fourth, and fifth season of the show. People don't ever be like, oh yeah, those episodes in season nine and 10 where no one ever does it. All the reference points, all the uh, gifts people make now, all that stuff is all from earlier seasons and not from the first season. Like it's all from the middle season. And I think, and I think it's, I, I think it comes down to like when you run something for so long, you can't, keep reinventing the wheel like it just it's like oh we're trying to redo it redo it re- like it, that's just it i mean it's from what everyone's just been saying here like john talked about the towns and the cities uh um t scott talked about the the character like it's the bad guys the thing like i just think it's if you think about them it's <coughs> like if you think about seven eight and nine they could almost just be one game not like they are, but you know what I mean? Like, if you think about them, they're all very similar. And then all the ones that are later, I know 10, I haven't played 10, I'm sorry. But isn't it kind of similar that 10, like, had a really good rebirth, and then later on it's them trying to play off 10 and it not landing as well? I mean, 10's amazing, and I love really. 10, But that's too. what I mean. Like, that's didn't 10, podcast. like, 10 was this great, like, because it was very different. 
And then they're like, oh, now we've got this way of doing it. And now we're going to kind of try to keep reinventing it. And it doesn't work as like, you can like it, but it didn't hold, they don't hold up like that. Right. You know, it, just something that you, you bringing this up, Gavin, just makes me really wonder, like, you're right. Like with Final Fantasy, they're always like kind of trying to reinvent the wheel. And for some reason, it doesn't stick very well in certain regards. Dragon Quest never reinvents the wheel and it always works very well and i don't know why that is like like dragon quest just works as this kind of like tried and true thing um it would be sort of like taking a fast and furious movie and <laughs> making like it a period drama right now like you know like making yeah. it a, an 18th century comedy of manners like it's that's not why people go to fast and furious movies they go there however can you make that film in fast and furious but it's like horse and buggy yeah. <laughs> right john I'll, I'll do it i'm in with you let's, yes, do, let's this. do it i think okay, you have, great you've got really we, um, are we are we need a large wig budget yes of course it's mostly wigs. okay i mean victorian era guy Ritchie, fast and furious yeah. yeah but i think that's what i think i agree with gavin like that that has been a downfall is that it's trying to i think overly reimagine what what it is forgetting what actually makes it what made it great in the first place right mm -hmm. the the game it's if you guys keep doing unique things throughout the game so i think final fantasy 9 because it switches off its bad guy three times like you're you lose interest because you're no longer doing anything interesting or unique after queen bronze gone as the as the antagonist like it's it's again it's a, it's a quality quality of bad guys quality of characters kind of falls off at a point in this game mm. yeah I, I you're not wrong right um uh, uh man gavin you gotta try final fantasy 10 you really do i know this is a final fantasy 9 discussion but but you've got to try 10 i i would be really curious what you think about it um yeah jeremy i see you over there you look like you have a ponderous Oh, you know, I wonder why why do they always have to change the like item and equipment systems between Final Fantasy games? Like it, which is what the prior discussion got me thinking of. Like if you're going to take something and find success and make a formula, why why are you changing out everything? And and for me one of the things that could have stayed a lot more streamlined across games were like how you handle items equipment uh and that sort of stuff like materia and and i get that you want to make novel things but i i thought it was always i don't know unnecessary to keep to keep well they've changed up. it in literally every single mm -hmm. final fantasy That's... the first final fantasy you went to a store and bought yep. a spell right you know final fantasy 6 you learn spells and abilities by equipping the uh the espers uh, in seven, you learn the spells by taking the materia and putting it into your materia slots on your weapon. Uh, you know, and then eight obviously was was the draw system. You would have magic equipped to your weapon. Right. I get. I get so why it's I, why I, it's prevalent and common, but it doesn't seem like yeah. it. Like it shouldn't they be working towards something that works well and then stop trying to change it once they find something that works well. Yeah, I think the thing is, is that they've always changed it. It's like one of the things. I mean, Great. you switch from Mario to Mario 2 to, you know, Super Mario World to like Mario Galaxy. Like 
all those games are really different. They're all platforms, yes, but like there is a different system within it. It's weird because Final Fantasy IX mm-hmm. also comes out at the time when Squaresoft is putting out a bunch of different RPGs, like Vagrant Story, Chrono Cross. Um, yeah, Vagrant Story. You know, like this was them in their their golden era of RPGs. So they had areas to experiment in um, in other uh, titles. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. They just always change their progression system. Something they don't change as often is the battle system, uh, which they would do actually in the next game. Um, but the battle yeah. system is usually the way it is. Uh, I don't know, or maybe it's Dragon Quest. Maybe they, they look at Dragon Quest and they think Dragon Quest has that knocked, you know, they have that knocked down. So at the time, Squaresoft was just trying new thing after new thing. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, friends. We are need to kind of wrap this up. Uh, I will say that the Final Fantasy IX has come out recently on the PS4, Switch. There's a bunch of new ways to play it. Uh, there's a fast forward feature, which I think is much needed in older RPGs. Thank God it's there. Um, yeah, Gavin, you were playing the Switch version. Oh, John, you also have the Switch version. How yes. how is it? Um, it's pretty good. Um, the fast forward definitely is a huge, yeah, huge bonus. All That's right. all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Gavin, how when yeah. you were playing it around this morning, what were how do you how do you feel it played on the Switch? Um, well, I mean, the big thing I was looking, it was just, it was a little bit, like, cleaner. Mm-hmm. It's similar if any of you played Final Fantasy VII on Steam. Mm-hmm. Like, where they just, like, it, they just took, it's just smoother. I haven't gotten far enough in yet to see what the major differences are. Like, I haven't gotten used, I don't, I haven't gotten to the fast-forward feature yet. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm still at the, like, the show, which takes forever. Because um, I was trying to do that while trying to work on a bunch of client stuff. But, like, um what made me like interested in Dellen, it was the fact that the graphics were cleaned up a little bit and it is. So it's a, like, it's not so, it doesn't look so like pixely, which is nice. Chunky. Yeah. yeah. And, and it should be noted that when they released Final Fantasy nine, uh, there was a bug, uh, where the music would restart after every battle, but Squaresoft has since then fixed the bug and they've patched it out, which is great. Glad to see them fixing some of their older titles. Uh, yeah. So now like, You've got 7, 8, 9, 10, 10, 2, 12, all on Switch. Like, it's crazy. I can't believe we live in this world. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think just for my money, if I were to tell someone to pay, play 9, I, w- I would tell them to go play Final Fantasy 7. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying you wouldn't? If I, if I get play. one game in each generation, in each generation... You know, in each console generation, it's Final Fantasy, sure. Final Fantasy six, seven, ten, and then you stop. <laughs> that that's my recommendation for each console generation. Well, yeah, I mean, you're not going to outdo seven. No, that's and just, I, I mean, I hate to, I hate going to, to happen. not to be able it wasn't to going to happen, four, but you know, there's there's a reason Final Fantasy six is on the SNES Classic and Final Fantasy four is not. Right. I feel like yeah. we all went into this being like, it's good. I just really yeah. fell into a eh, yeah. train. Yeah. You know, I, I do have one final thought. I think we're <laughs> oh, just yeah. all... Don't we still have a two and a half percent left to get to from Scott? Of things oh, yeah, my last two... And... I'm going to end with my last two and a half percent and then my last little statement. Yes, my last two... Look, look, I like to max out all of my characters and get them all to level 100 or 99 or whatever the max level is. Every Final Fantasy game has let me do that with 
not relative ease, but with like not absurd, you know, it, it wasn't absurd for Aerith, me to max out. Aerith sure. included? Well, you can't obviously <laughs> her she dies. Uh, but uh, uh, this game, it is just nearly impossible to max out your characters. You don't need to max out your characters to beat both of the uh, uh, alternate uh, bosses, the Hades and Ozma. You do not need to max out your characters because I could not max out my characters because the place that you go to get the highest experience is to fight these little sheep, these little tiny little sheep guys, and they cast Comet on you, and no matter what level you are, they just kill you. So you'd be fighting, you'd be fighting, oh, and then you just die. And like it wasn't, it, they, there was no efficient way to really max out and really, well, you know, make everybody level 99. And that really made me mad. It made me so If you have the Switch version, you can turn on 9999 damage um, and damage those sheep with 10,000 damage every time. Yeah. And cheat and, and level up. I'm not saying I did that. I did that. Um, I did do that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what? That is like Game Genie breaking the game. That is just yeah. just to, yeah. But you still even with that cheat on you still die a lot fighting. Yeah, because they drop that comet spell and you just die. Um, just just to piggyback off that, Scott, it should also be noted that those sheep creatures will also sometimes inflict you with the virus status. And when you get hit with virus and in the battle, you don't get the AP. Uh, Whichever character has virus oh does not God. get AP. Oh it's an annoying <laughs> status. It's so stupid. I hate that it's in the game, and it really, it really hurts the grinding yeah, aspect the, the worst. of the game. I think we're yeah. maybe we're just all grumpy or salty, but but <laughs> the, the Final Fantasy IX apparently is one of the most critically acclaimed Final Fantasy ever. Which wow. uh, really, really, people who critically acclaim things really, this is what you will critically acclaim. But well, it was critically acclaimed at the time, right? Oh like, yeah, and not, in the shadow of Final Fantasy, yeah, it, it's not like they're criti- they're still critically acclaimed. No, I, I just watched like three or four videos, and this Final Fantasy is re- wildly considered the greatest Final Fantasy oh, wow. ever yeah, made. It still wow. is. It's yeah. because, yeah. except for the ending, the plot is actually very clear. That's yeah. why it That's is. Why. It is. It's a very it's clean why. It's because until the ending, yes. the plot, you know what's going on, and in seven and eight, you, you do spend much of it being like, "What is happening?" <laughs> yeah, great. I'm gonna go race a chocobo. And where's the card game? Oh, by the way, nine card game sucks. It does. It's I throwing that in there. I was does. so disappointed. Even when I tried to play it this today, I was like, oh, that's the only reason you want to yeah. have eight. It was I, yeah, the it card was game in eight is awesome. I love the card game Triple in eight, triad. and it's so important to, for the game to play that game. You get so many great items. It's one of the best. It's, it's probably the best mini game in my opinion. Yeah. See, eight's yeah. good for something, you guys. Yeah, that's true. It does. I I always remembered uh, Triple Triad as being a part of seven because I just want it to have all the good things. But it is yeah. it is eight. I'm like, oh man, I gotta play eight to play Triple Triad. Oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, there we go. We've learned that the card game in nine is just not great. It's just not great. Uh, well, I'm glad we all came together and kind of learned that we feel okay. I, I agree with you, Scott. Like, I don't, I see all these articles about how great Final Fantasy IX is, and I just kind of want to pull the author aside and be like, hey, you have played the game recently, right? <laughs> you have played another Final Fantasy recently, the answer right? Is no. Like, against seven, against, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really interesting to me how well it did. I, I want to, when we ultimately do our Final Fantasy X discussion, uh, I'm looking forward to kind of seeing this the state of 
fans about Final Fantasy X and its sales and everything. So. That was the one Final Fantasy but... that when I replayed it, it got, I mean, infinitely better. It moved from like number Whoa. six to me to number two the second time I played Final Fantasy X. It jumped up so much higher. For wow. me. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. It does have good replay value. Oh, man. It does. It does. Yeah. Yeah. It's also on the Switch. You guys heard about the Switch? Oh, yeah. Woo! <laughs> what um all right gentlemen let's let's wrap this up uh real quick let's go around we'll start here in chicago um john where can people oh, find in LA? you we're in la uh, I'm, uh, <laughs> see force of habit here in la where where can people find you on the internets and, uh, and you can follow me on twitter at john loose wins that's all i'll say i don't have anything going on right now so just right. follow me on twitter all right oh uh, i'm andrew babcock and uh best place instagram at and babcock awesome uh, over in Chicago, Jeremy, Gavin, if people want to follow and listen to you and, and send you angry emails about Final Fantasy IX, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram under Wrath of Connie. Uh, That's a brilliant Instagram. Yes. Yeah, I guess. Not particularly, I don't know. I'm, it's Lefty Trainer. It's not. I don't do anything theatrical. You just, just go yell at Chris. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll, if they come asking for you, Gavin, I'll, I'll point them in your direction. Great, cool. Um, Scott, what about you? Yeah, uh, if you guys want to reach out to me, I'll be in the nursery changing diapers uh, <laughs> for the foreseeable future. Um, don't know when that's going to end. Uh, but maybe follow me on Instagram at, at @tscottross, and maybe I'll take a picture of me doing something else. <laughs> sterling, sterling content from you, Scott. Amazing. Um, uh, I've been your host, Chris Bashan. Uh, obviously, you can reach me at the Nerd Outcast Podcast at gmail.com. We take uh, topic suggestions, uh, feedback, whatever. You can you can reach me there. Um, we have many episodes in the backlog that you should listen to. We had an amazing Game of Thrones discussion. We had a, a deep dive into the Infinity Saga, the MCU. Uh, we just did a Skyward Sword discussion, and not too long we're going to have a Good Omens podcast coming out that may or may not already be out by the time you listen to this. So please go check them out because they're all... Fantastic. And of course, we're we're doing our slow march to uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yes. So it will be coming sooner or later. I guess we have to do a Link's Awakening. Everyone keeps mentioning Link's Awakening now that that remake's coming out. I so. mean, Dan keeps mentioning it. Dan, that's fair. Dan does keep mentioning. So go listen to Dan. He's on the Skyward Sword show. Um, I've been your host, Chris Bashan. And joining me today to talk about Final Fantasy IX have been... John Luce. Andrew Babcock. Jeremy Connie, Gavin Dunnellan. And T. Scott Ross. Awesome, everybody. Thank you, and have a good night. Hey, and me, so no chick-